This is 900 Feet Feet Behind, a podcast about women standing out and breaking barriers in the business world. This podcast is brought to you by Outbound. Visit outboundsales.io to create your free account today. My name is Leonor, and I'll be your host for the season. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of 950 Feet Behind. Today, I'm here with a Twitter expert, Women's Inspire Network Program Director at Redo, and named Top 100 for Influence on Social Media, the one and only Samantha Kelly. Thank you so much for joining me, Samantha. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, yes, thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, it's lovely. It's lovely to be here and it's lovely to talk about Twitter, obviously. But um, yeah, I forgot I was named in that list. You see, when you have Wi-Fi, you can go global, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's great. Exactly, exactly. You know, suddenly I know more about your own life than you do like wizards. I know, right? <laughs> so, Samantha, um, this is a question I decided to start all my episodes with, and it takes us all back to the past. And it is when you were a little girl, what is the first thing you remember wanting to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a, a presenter on the radio. I used to have, you know, the record, you know, the little tape recorders with the play and record button. I used to listen to music and then I'd record my voice. I had a little microphone and I go, hi, well, that was hot chocolate. Da, da, da. And I do all the commentary. <laughs> I swear, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I'm kind of doing that. <laughs> hours and hours and hours in my bedroom. <laughs> that's cool because most women I've interviewed actually, you know, wanting to be something like I think teachers, would be like, you know, no, and I wanted my to be generation. No, I wanted to be a, a, a DJ on the radio, a radio presenter. And I even said it in my last year in school, the teacher went around asking what our plans were after we finished school. And I went, well, I'm going to be famous and I'm going to be a radio presenter. And everybody laughed. Well, you were not far off, right? <laughs> not far. Kind of. The famous side. <laughs> So there you go. So always chase your dreams, folks. <laughs> Definitely. And did you stick to that after you left school? Or what did you try to do in terms of your early life and career? Well, I, I grew up at work, working class, really. And, um, you know, our priority in our house was to go out and get a job and start earning money. So I, my first job was a waitress in a... I was working as a waitress. No, um, my first job was a waitress in a pub. Um, and then my second job was working in shops. So I was always working with people. So that did help me, though, sales wise. And did you at the time? So it was out of necessity. You had to work and support the family, yep. which I guess was quite standard for the Irish working class. Yeah, um, I never went to college. Recently. Yeah, never went to college. I wanted to go to art college, though. My teacher, my art teacher wanted me to go to art college because I was quite good at art. But um, that didn't happen. So but then I traveled a bit and uh, I was an au pair in Paris. I always wanted to go to Paris. So I went to Paris and I lived there for two years and I speak fluent French. And um, oh, I've done loads of things, but none of them were, were on my list. I just kind of like when I started in business, it wasn't until out of necessity, I, 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 uh, my first business was, um, it was my daughter came to that awkward milestone of her first period. So 
I went to the shop to get her some kind of gift to say, oh, you know, welcome to womanhood, you know, and um, there were no there were no gifts and no beginner sets. And I thought that was really strange. So my father had just passed away. Uh, my marriage had just broken up. I had just hit 40. My other daughter, who's um, hard of hearing, was about to start mainstream school. So I just there and then in the supermarket aisle decided that I would start a business uh, and it was called I called it Funky Goddess and it was a first period gift box for girls. And that's how my journey into business started, because I had I kind of found something that was missing. Real entrepreneurial mindset. I found something that was missing. And I always say, if you can't find what you're looking for, create it yourself. So that's what I did. And that's how I ended up on social media, because I needed to promote the business and I had no marketing team or marketing budget and that's where the journey into tweeting goddess started because um although i was starting a business i was a lone parent on social welfare and i had no money <laughs> so i needed investment and i went on a show a tv show which is like shark tank um it's called dragon's den over here and i went on that show and that's kind of where my star started to rise and people started to kind of notice me was because I was on Twitter. I'd started on Twitter and then I never got that investment. So I, a customer actually bought the business off me. So I sold my first startup and then um, ended up changing to Tweeting Goddess because people kept asking me, how do you use Twitter? Can you help us? Can you teach us how to use it? And that's kind of where it all started. That's really interesting. I actually had that uh, on my notes because I thought it was amazing. The idea of the kids. Well, obviously I, I have a daughter, but, but just only one. So <laughs> I think that milestone is really far ahead. But when I read it uh, on your profile, it really resonated with me because most girls are really scared or confused yeah. uh, about that, that phase. And there's nothing. I remember I had a friend who had their first period in my house and it was like the world had ended for her and just mm. me running around you know trying to look for my mom's pads and and just help her out in, in some way yeah yeah and you see people don't talk about it it's a real taboo and so that's why it got so much media attention and I ended up getting interviewed and so it gave me lots of experience in the media and um and you know even to this day you know, now that my circumstances are better, it is something I might revisit in the future in some way. But, you know, at the time I had nothing. I, I needed that investment, you know, but the, the woman who bought it, I don't know if it's still going, but definitely marketing played a big part in that. And I realized I had that skill and I realized I was able to, that storytelling was very important and all of those things I learned so that was like over 10 years ago. Actually, I, it's my Twitter anniversary today. I'm 11 years on Twitter today. So isn't that funny? I just got a tweet from Twitter. Thank you. So 11, So it was 11 years ago that I started on Twitter. So that was when I had that business. So, so I realized the, how storytelling was important and how engaging with others and building relationships was important and surrounding myself with good people. I realized that was important too. Okay. And uh, you, you could have gone on any social media, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Social media 11 years ago was already quite popular. Why Twitter? 
why did you decide to choose i'm gonna try twitter i didn't my sister did my sister said to me she had built my website she was very helpful because i had no money remember so she built my website she's a web designer and um she said oh you need to go on twitter and i was like my god what do i do like i didn't know what to do but when the girls were asleep in bed um i would go on twitter to find other business people that i could learn from I wanted to learn I was hungry to learn I wanted to learn as much as I could and that's kind of I just started talking to people I was lonely in the evenings and I didn't know I was building relationships but I was and um, you know I started building relationships with journalists and it just kind of went from there and Twitter I realized was powerful for reaching a global audience and that's I wanted to go from the start I wanted to go global I knew that this was needed all over the world. It wasn't just in Ireland. You know, there are women all over the world. So, you know, um, and it was funny, you know, I learned a lot myself through, um, you know, even I thought my biggest customers would be moms and they weren't. My biggest customers were dads. Yes, the I understand that because every time I bring the, you know, the period subject uh, to my, my baby's father, like, oh, it happens if it happens in, Okay, really far ahead. I know I'm thinking really far ahead, but what happens if, okay, she gets her period, you're alone in the house. What do you say? What do you do, you know? But this way they had a gift that they could say, here you go. There you go, love. There's something, look, read that. Start yourself out. (laughs) You know, and there was a lot of known fathers. I did a bit of research, so I didn't realize how good I was at all of that. I I actually didn't. I didn't have any confidence and you know, and now as I've gone along, obviously I've learned so much, but also I felt uh, isolated, you know, at home on my laptop, you know, running this business. And that's when I started going to networking events and I didn't really like some of the networking events. I just, there was something missing. I felt like I wasn't getting value. I felt like I wasn't learning. I felt like it was very VIP and the audience and I didn't like that. So that's why I decided to create my own women's network as well. So the Women's Inspire Network was created because I needed it, you know, and it turns out other women needed it too. Yeah, I think uh, there's, and actually uh, let's talk about that a bit. how was the business seen in terms of uh, female owners and founders in Ireland uh, when you started your first business? Oh, it was thriving. It was thriving. But I felt we weren't getting, we weren't being taught the basic things, how to do a sale, how to create a presentation, how to use Facebook to get more sales, how to, I wasn't, I, I needed to learn all of this stuff like the basics, how to do a sale, how to follow up with a sale, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I realized I wasn't the only one because I started a business later. So I didn't grow up with Facebook. I didn't grow up with mobile phone. So I needed to learn all of this stuff from scratch. And then I realized there were other women like me that needed to learn too and wanted to learn. We were hungry to learn. And a lot of other women like me, my father had passed away. That kind of helped me to kind of think do you know what you only live once what have I done with my life kind of thing and then there were lots of other women who had either had an illness or divorce or moved to a new area and you know and and, and when I go to these and I found as well there was a lot of bitchiness going on and I'm not into that and um you know I, I the way I live now like I'm actually 14 years sober and um, so my whole life revolves around uh doing a good deed every day uh 
you know, living a different way, not reacting to things, not bitching, not getting involved in gossip, all of those toxic kind of things. So I was actually really in a good place to be able to help these other women and kind of show, give them a support network similar to the support network I have in recovery that we can actually talk about this stuff, like talk about the fact that, you know, you didn't get paid or the tax man and, you know, like all these things that nobody talks about and the stress of being a business owner and the uncertainty of not getting paid on time and all of those things. And I just saw a gap and I just said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And then so Women's Inspire Network, I said, look, I was exhausted, though. We had 8000 members in the Facebook group at one stage. And I said, I hear I can't. I was exhausted. So I had to start thinking like a businesswoman. So we charge 20 a month because I think that's affordable. And once you're giving value, people will pay if you get if they're getting value. Yeah, I mean, if they're it's it's service, uh, it's a service that they're subscribing to, they're getting value from it. I don't think there's any harm in charging for that. Absolutely. And And I didn't think that before, you know, so. Because, probably because you were thinking of your own experience, right? The yeah. times in which you didn't have exactly. much. But the truth is, um, people actually, research says, appreciate things more if they mm. have to pay even a tiny bit for them. Yep, true, true. But it is important to give value and, and to care. And it's about the members. It's not about me. You know, and it, and that's what makes my, me different and my, my network different is because, well, it's global, first of all. So we can learn different things from different cultures, different countries, different, you know, um, and it, we do weekly webinars. Um, I have great relationships with journalists. I have four journalists in the network so that they give my members opportunities before anybody else. And, you know, and, and that's really important. But I care. I really do care. So it's not just a business network. You know, we'd have someone maybe that that needed a little bit of extra help and we'd we'd help that person or if they have a book launch or, you know, we'd get behind it. Um, And it's not just take, 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 you know, sometimes it can be just, yeah, what can I get out of this? But it's actually what can I bring to the table? What value can I bring to this networking event? You know, so it's about changing the way you think as well. And that's really important and really beautiful. And what you talked about uh, in the first networks, the gossip, potentially like the competitiveness, uh, that's something we've been uh, discussing uh, about uh, women in the business world because the business world is so male-oriented that sometimes women incur the mistake of fighting against each other Mm -hmm. to thrive instead of supporting each other. Absolutely. It's it's just really important, um, I think, especially after the pandemic as well. I think, look, do you know what? Let's just help each other. There's plenty of business to go around. I did a TEDx talk actually in 2016, I think it was, and I even said the same thing. I don't understand people that kind of climb over others to succeed. Like, you know, we, we can all help each other. We all have different talents, different gifts, different skills you know, and we can actually help each other along the way. And I do believe, though, people should get paid for their time. So if if someone is struggling in the network and I do a 30 minute call with them, 30 minute call is fine. But if you want more, then pay that person and hire that person and get the skills and and learn what you need to learn to to bring you to the next level. Because then they'll both benefit, right? One is getting paid for their job and the other one will eventually have the skills that will get them to succeed anyway 
yeah, more sales. Yeah, more money in their pocket at the end of the day. And Twitter is very, very, um, is a great platform for building relationships, for showing that you're the go-to expert in your niche, um, for getting on the journalist's radar. And decision makers are on Twitter. They're on Twitter. They're watching. They might not necessarily be tweeting, but they're going to Twitter to hear the latest news as it happens. So it's very powerful. And what do you think, uh, now that we're actually talking about Twitter specifically, uh, do you think there will be any changes in Twitter uh, now with Elon Musk uh, coming in? How did you see uh, that? Were you expecting it? Do you know, I'm actually staying away from that because everybody keeps asking me, all the media keep asking me. And, you know, I just keep saying I have no opinion on that. But really, at the end of the day, you just don't know. Elon Musk could, could know who I am. He could have me in mind for some kind of role in Twitter. Like, what better person? So I'm going to say nothing about it. <laughs> Stay out of it, just in case. <laughs> you never know. Just say, Elon, if you're listening to this, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Samantha's here. She knows a lot about Twitter, you know. You might exactly. not know as much about Twitter because she's been on it for a good couple of years now. So yeah. if you need a Twitter expert, you know. <laughs> exactly. Drop her, drop her a message. Exactly. You just never know. Never, always, always. I never get involved in controversy, and that is controversy, you know. So I just stay away from it, you know. But in terms of the, I actually, I'm asking because I, I don't use Twitter personally yet, um, and I know I have to get started because I can understand how powerful it is uh, in terms of the platform and everything you haven't seen like any significant changes so no, everything I haven't so. I haven't um you know but then again I don't follow a lot of people who would be controversial anyway so it, it depends on who you follow and it depends on your Twitter feed um so no I haven't seen anything I, if anything I think it's, it's going to make changes for the better I think because he can see what's needed from being a Twitter user yeah that's a very valid point of view Mm -hmm. Thank you. I do have an opinion then. <laughs> but it's a good one. Yolani can still hire her. <laughs> exactly. And from when you started on Twitter, you know, how do you go from I opened my first Twitter account to being the tweeting goddess? I just started talking to people, remember? Uh, it's about how you make people feel. It's about engagement. It's about... Uh, adding value. I used to add value by putting up stories, uh, putting up business. People would follow my journey. Like I tell people when I'm at an event, I tell people, you know, things that are happening in the small business world and add value, value, value all the time. And then people will just start following you and people will start recommending you and giving Twitter tips uh, actually do really well. I do little videos and I do like how to pin a tweet, how to do a bookmark. Um, all of these things. So when you give value and you show you're the expert in your niche, people will follow you and retweet you. And that's when you start getting more followers. When people start sharing your tweets, then that's when you know you're doing something right. And it's not all business business either. You know, I'm, I, I'm quite mischievous. I would be quite funny. I often put up thing, pictures of me walking the dogs and stuff and just I show my life as a small business owner, woman in business and, you know, the challenges we face and I would be quite open about speaking about my sobriety as well. And that does quite well. And, you know, you just just add value and just be yourself. You know, that's really all I do. 
I don't know. <laughs> I just be myself. That's it. <laughs> I'm just a natural. <laughs> Accept it. I don't know. <laughs> but I do teach people how to do some of the things that I did to get to where I am. I do do that. So maybe maybe you need to hire me <laughs> and I can show you how to make an impact on Twitter. <laughs> I think you, you need to show me, first of all, how to, you know, start on Twitter. Well, I have loads of videos. Yeah, I have loads of videos um, on my YouTube and I have lots of free resources. So, you know, it's about giving a little taste to people so that they can see what whether you're good or not and if they like you and stuff. And people buy from people they know, like and trust. So, you know. And you say that sharing uh, personal stories and, and being yourself really helps. That's one thing that I, I'm thinking about uh, LinkedIn now, for example. It's changing the face of being all professional in business mm -hmm. to people actually sharing their life stories. How do you think that improves uh, relationships and eventually business? I'll give you an example. Okay, I was featured in a uh, newspaper, a Sunday newspaper, and they, it spoke about my sobriety and stuff. And um, I had a meeting with a, a potential client and I went in and I met the client and it went really well. And then I was walking out the door and he goes, oh, great article last week, by the way. So he interviewed me and met me because of the article. It wasn't so people buy from people. They see are trying, are good people. They want to work with good people. They don't want to work with people who are complaining all the time. They want to work with positive people who are making an impact and changing things around them. So that's just one example. Uh, I do feel it's important um, to, you don't have to sh share as much as I would, but you know, just let them in a little bit. You know, if you have a dog, you know, show yourself walking the dog. If, if you have a cat, uh, you know, mention, oh, my office companion today is, you know, the cat or whatever, you know, just let them in that little bit to show that human side. People buy from people humans buy from humans so that's why it's good it works true true and you were described as a, a self-made woman how do you and and you are right you came from working class in uh, dublin you, you are from dublin correct no i am from dublin yeah yeah but i live in wexford now in the southeast yeah Working class in Dublin, Ireland obviously went through some uh, hard times in the very recent past. Then you had your own businesses, you, you couldn't go to college, you became a mom, you had to fight addiction. How did you overcome all of that? What drove you? Well, well, to be honest, it was the first thing was getting rid of the thing that was holding me back. So the 14 years ago when I decided I wasn't going to drink anymore. And so it could be Coca-Cola. It could be a person. It could be a family member. It could be chocolate. It could be junk food. You know, whatever is holding you back. Once I got rid of the thing that was holding me back, I was like an elastic band, just ready to fly, you know, um, because your mind is clearer. You you start putting that energy you put into addiction or whatever into something more positive. So you have more energy, more more headspace. Um, so really, if it wasn't for and that and I have support, I have a, a, a recovery friends. I have uh, the higher power. I have 
you know, I didn't do it on my own. So I'm, yes, I'm not really self-made, like, because I didn't really do it on my, my, my dad in heaven, of course, probably is pulling a few strings up there, you know, so um, I, I just, that's how I did it. I, I got rid of the thing that was holding me back and I started living differently and I started reacting to things differently. I started working on myself and really my mindset changed and I realized I could probably make an impact in the world here. I can probably actually help other people um, male and female by actually showing helping them not make the mistakes I made when I started out and that's what I try and do I try and share my knowledge and assist others as much as possible and people remember when you help them they remember and they'll always remember how you made them feel that's uh, there's a quote I think by Maya Angelou that's that right. is something like that people might forget what you said people yeah. might forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel right yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a brilliant motto to live by because when, you, when you're struggling and you have people helping you, then you also understand the value of helping others who might not have those people around them. And also not judging others. And we do it like even on Twitter, if you look at someone's Twitter profile, you see their picture, you look at their bio, you're judging straight away whether you're going to follow them. You're judging on LinkedIn whether you're going to connect with that person. So another thing is judging people. I didn't realize I judged people. Like when someone walks in, I'm, I might be judging them straight away. And I don't even, I, I haven't even spoken to the person. So things like that, you know, learning, you know, I can't judge anyone. I've done it all. You know, I did it all. Like, you know, I, I can't judge anybody. So, you know, it's about um, having that open mind and, you know, being able to, just empathy, all those lovely things, um, you know, empathy, patience, tolerance, all those things. And you found that in your uh, network, then everyone shares those values now. Yes, there's no bitches in the network. So it's very nice. <laughs> if there is, you kick them out. <laughs> but that's the thing, you see, you're going to attract you're going to attract the people you want to attract as well by your actions. So if you see on my Twitter bio, it says nice people collector. Like, so if I have on my Twitter bio, nice people collector, I think I have it on my LinkedIn as well. What am I going to attract? I'm going to attract nice people. You know, I'm not going to attract idiots because they'd be like, oh, she's a bit fluffy. I don't want to follow her, you know, so that's fine by me, you know. <laughs> that's a brilliant strategy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'll steal it. That's the same as, you know, I had a, I had a friend who would um, go into bars wearing a fake engagement ring, not to attract male attention. And if she did, she'd just go like, sorry, engage. Yeah, exactly. So that's like the social media equivalent of the yes. fake engagement ring. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, I have one last question for you, but we're almost running out of time. And I know that you have a very special event coming up that you wanted to talk about. Yes, um, we have our conference, our annual conference. And obviously with the pandemic, we were online for the past two years. So this is the first time in ages that we're getting to meet up in real life. Uh, it's in Ireland, in Cork on the 5th of October. But we also have a virtual option. So if, if you're anywhere in the world, you can join us. So it's the Women's Inspire Network uh, annual conference. And we are empowered by WeDo. So WeDo is a fintech app 
that helps freelancers get paid on time, which I'm passionate about, and um, you know, helps freelancers to run their business and not get all those unnecessary charges like having to pay for Zoom and Calendly and all that stuff. So you'll have it all in one app. So yes, we're doing that uh, on the 5th of October in Cork. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see it in my pinned tweet if you want to join us, or maybe you can send the link in this. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. We're going to have speakers and the, the theme is how to find finding your niche and getting paid. So that's the that's the thing, because I do find a lot of people, you know, struggle to find their niche, but also getting paid. You know, sometimes we, we don't charge enough. I was I was undercharging for years, you know, so I just think it's really important, especially women, especially now we need to be we need to show up. We need to show up. Uh, we need to be visible. We need to be consistent so that the younger generation can see, hang on, I can be a leader, too. So that's really important. So, yeah. So hopefully I'll see some of you there. Yeah. So don't forget, I will uh, drop the links as well for all of you that you that want to share um, after you listen to this. And Samantha, before we go, I have one last question for you which relates to what you said just now about the younger generation and how they need to, well, learn and see that there's a possibility for them uh, to be in leadership too. As a businesswoman, as a mother, what are your hopes for the future of women in the workplace? I definitely feel we need more women running the world because if they were, I don't think Ukraine would be happening, for example. You know, I just feel that women, um, we're, we're, we have all of the skills, you know, and, you know, I think that there are a lack of women in politics. I'm not into politics, but I, I actually would have a fear around that because you do get abuse and it's a very difficult job, but we need more women in leadership roles and it's happening slowly, but we need to support the women who are in leadership roles. So we need to get behind these women you know, and start supporting them too. So instead of putting someone down for standing out and being amazing, start helping her, share her stuff, share it with your, with your, with your social media followers and start promoting these women that are doing amazing things. And I think that's a little small thing we can do to help. I'd like to see more women up there, yeah. That makes two of us, especially I think as mothers, uh, when you think of your own children. And they're girls, you know, uh, you want to know that the world will be more open for them than it was for the other generation. Yeah, well, yeah, I want to be able to show. And I actually have my 23 year old started her own business. So, you know, they do see and they do watch and they do get like they, they. Yeah, she, she would never admit that, of course, but she, they do watch, you know, they do watch what you're doing. And then I have connections and then I can help her with my connections and so on and so on. And then my other daughter, she's 15 now. She's in school. But, you know, they, they can see what's possible, the possibilities, you know, and they've had much more opportunities than they would have had if I hadn't started in business. So they have had more travel opportunities, more being able to learn the violin, pay for violin lessons, all those little things, which people say money is not important. But I'll tell you, money gives you choice. It gives you choice. So I was able to get my daughter those violin lessons, you know, things like that. So it is important to show them, look, you know, you can do this, you know, 
this is how you can do it. It is possible. It is possible to go and speak at a conference in New York. I spoke at a conference in New Zealand. Like they see this happening, you know. Um, and I remember once saying, oh, I'm really sorry to my daughter. Say, I'm sorry I had to work so much today, you know, but we'll do something tomorrow or whatever. We'll be doing something. And like she's a teenager. She doesn't mind. She's happy out with her friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, she's like, mom, it's fine. It's like, why, why, are, you, why are you bothering me about this? <laughs> you know, so don't be too hard on yourself either because they can see you're doing it for their benefit at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Samantha, it was so lovely uh, speaking with you and hearing all your story and tips. Please do join uh, Samantha's conference and obviously yeah. in this case, so follow her on all social media, all the new, <laughs> and she'll be there as soon as it pops up. Uh, thank you so much for uh, such a good conversation. And as for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. And I'll be back next week with the host of the podcast Conversations with Women in Sales and sales coach at Harvard Business School, Laurie Richardson. See you there.